Welcome to Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast where we bring the power of prevention to you. I'm Mike Wabshaw, Director of Marketing at Fit for Work. Very excited and pleased today uh, with who we're going to bring to you as a guest. We're going to go first name basis only and not going to mention who exactly he works for, uh, but it's Tyler. And Tyler works for a, let's call it a food distribution partner of Fit for Work. And I'm not going to call it love at first sight because that's going a little too deep with, <laughs> with my main man, Tyler, here. But I went down and visited Tyler and his company and his coworkers and came away quite impressed with the process and the operation. And the best part of the story is Tyler has some admiration for the people with whom I work at Fit for Work as well. So I thought, who better to have on in, in the middle of you know the dog days of winter, let's call it here in Minnesota. Let's brighten some things up here, get everyone in a good mood, and have Tyler on to talk about the process and the partnership that he at, at a food distribution company, let's call it, uh, has with Fit for Work. So Tyler, very happy that you could carve a few minutes out of your schedule to join me. Thank you. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we went down and visited Tyler for a, uh, for a photo shoot that we did, um, for fit for work as part of a, uh, a, a website launch and a rebranding effort that a, a lot of people have seen or are going to see and really enjoyed, uh, getting to, to know your process, uh, down there and how you work with fit for work. I think the best way to maybe start off this conversation to sort of frame it up and, and give context to what we're going to talk about, the meat and potatoes here today is going to be the partnership that you guys have with Fit for Work. But I think to frame this up, tell us a little bit, Tyler, about your, your job. Not necessarily day to day, but 10,000 foot view, what, what your main responsibilities are and how you define success when you're at your job every single day. Sure. Absolutely. High altitude view here. Here we go. So my official title is safety and facility manager. Um, what I do here is I, I really try to achieve a desired outcome when it comes to our food safety programs, uh, our employee safety and security programs, and our overall well-being here at our facility. Um, changing perception is is really my goal here. And it was it was a great union between us and fit for work uh, really shared the same core values that we do they understand our goals and what we're trying to achieve here and mm -hmm. they absolutely provide um, support number one uh, which is huge for us um, but also supporting documentation and just information data gathered over hours and hours of being here with us on site to help us strengthen uh, all these programs that I mentioned. Yeah. So for you, you're, you're comboing with, hey, we want, you know, bottom line, we want to be efficient and we want to be, I don't want to say fast because mm -hmm. a lot of times fast might, you, know, you don't want to be hasty, right. but right. you know, you want to be efficient, right? You want to sure. get stuff done. Absolutely. But you're sitting there going, but you know, I want my people to be safe, and I want them to be happy. And so, when I when I hear you talk about that, Tyler, I I am hearing someone who is charged with drawing that balance. Is that right? Absolutely, and and you're you're absolutely spot on. There is a balance. There is a fine line between fast and productive, 
or fast and taking shortcuts. And, yeah, yep. and that's what we try to eliminate. There is a safe, fast, productive way of doing things. And like you said, at the end of the day, if you're not productive, then your doors will not be open for long. So you have to have like-minded individuals inside your facility that understand this and that really adapt that process and apply it to what they're doing um, day in, day out, the same routine. How can you do that efficiently, productively, but go home safe and hug your family's good night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing that really stood out to me listening to, to you talk about the job. Tyler, when I came down and visited you, uh, late, later last year, I think it was October, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, you guys talked a lot about, you know, the folks that we see every day here at work. I mean, we, we care about them and it's like these, these people, they're great for us when they're inside the walls of the building, but you know, we want them going home in as good or better shape as when they came here because they got to go to a soccer game or they got to go help mom move or, you know, they got to go to their school, their, their kid's school and volunteer at an event. And and you want those, your your people to be able to go do those things at the end of the day. Absolutely. They absolutely deserve that. Right. And they trust that we have their best interests at heart. And if, if it's just words for us, then it has zero value. So the actions behind these verbs, you got to surround yourself with like-minded people to be successful. You have to have successful people, like-minded people. And the perception is your life is not here, um, in this warehouse, your life is beyond these doors. What you learn here, you can absolutely apply outside of these doors. And we hope you do, you know, there, there's a couple of questions that I ask our new hires. Mm-hmm. And it's to help, number one, gauge where they are as far as uh, being a safe worker, uh, being a team player, of course. But do they fit the Cormark family and our core values, our beliefs? And and one of the questions I ask, um, if you're going to be selecting product and you had two choices, your first choice, do it your way. Lift how you want to lift, go as fast as you want to go, and you'll be the top performer for the next five to seven years. Uh, You'll get all the recognition, rewards, bonuses, you name it. You will be our all-star. But after that, for the remaining years that you have, you will have chronic pain. You will have visits to the doctor. Um, You will not be able to participate in... Uh, a softball pickup softball game at a family reunion, mm-hmm. not because you don't want to, but because you're physically not able to. Which choice would you make? And I have I don't have them answer out loud. I, I want them to process this internally. And then the second question I ask them is: If you don't believe you can influence someone else's time and circumstance, you're absolutely wrong. And I, I run them through a scenario. And yeah. this scenario is you're the only one at Lowe's. You're, you're in there to, to get a table saw. Let's see. If my wife hears this, she, she's going to laugh because the tool section <laughs> at Lowe's is my favorite. And I asked them, you're there to get a table saw. Uh, you pull up on a Saturday. There's no cars in the parking lot. But the store is open. So you go in, you do your shopping. 
you get your table saw, you unload it. You look up, you notice that that return cart station is across the parking lot. Well, you don't have anybody there to see you. If you leave it in the slot next to you, you don't get a ticket. You don't get in trouble. You don't get fined. But if you return it, nobody's going to come out here and shake your hand. Nobody's going to give you a gift card or, or, you know, no parade celebration. Right. That in their head, they're processing this answer. Do you return the cart or do you put it in the parking slot next to you and drive off? And again, I, I don't have them answer out loud, but ultimately it, it rounds out to, yes, we return it because it's the right thing to do. That's the type of values we want to instill here. Character and integrity is built by what you do when nobody's there to see you do it. Mm -hmm. And can you be trusted as a coworker, as an individual? Can you be relied upon to do the right thing when no one's there to see you do it? And if you're in such a hurry uh, to be the traffic on 35 here, uh, 35 is a major congested uh, interstate for us. You may have got to experience that when you were here. Yeah, and the funny thing is, Tyler, 35 is here in Minnesota, too. That thing goes all the way from where you are all the way up to Minnesota. So, yep, I hear you. Okay, yeah. we are on the same page then. <laughs> yep, that's right. Yep. So if not returning that shopping cart saved you three minutes, and I'll ask them, is if someone had to lose their life because in order for you to get three minutes added to your day, would you choose it? And hopefully, you know, the, the facial expressions I get is obviously no. But by leaving that car, you could put somebody else in a circumstance or situation. Um, time and circumstance happen to everybody. They probably weren't supposed to be in that spot that you left that car at that time. But you put them in a bad situation and now they're either severely injured or worse. So you actually influence the course of someone else's life. And I want them to get to think in this way and processing, you know, the small things here matter and what you do and how you set up your peers for success matters because it could have long-term effects. And, and Fit for Work has really meshed very well with us uh, as far as the, the physical demanding side of uh, their job description, their job duties here. They help them to understand the, the balance between doing your work. You absolutely have to bend this way, but here's how we're going to minimize the risks. Here's how by bending this way, you apply, you know, pressure on, on your spine that you didn't even think they, yeah. they have come in and helped us understand the anatomy and physiology part of it. And, and I'm very grateful for the team that we have here with fit for work. Uh, their communication. They know all of our employees by name here, which is unheard yeah. of. Uh, that's just the type of relationship and family atmosphere we have. You know what? That That is one thing that struck me too, Tyler, is, um, you know, walking in with, with some of my my colleagues, you know, I, I almost felt like I was the only one who wasn't working for you. I mean, like, it was almost like like your people were coworkers with the fit for work people. Like, like I really sense that camaraderie and synergy. And t tell me from your vantage point why that's important. Why it can't just be a cut and dry, 
you know, cold, you know, business relationship? What, what advantages are, are derived from that synergy and that, um, I don't, I don't know, call it family atmosphere, but it's definitely a friendly atmosphere. Absolutely. Sure. And you know, if if it's cold, cut and dry, just a, a business transaction, then it has no purpose. There's no purpose for it to be in your building. There has to be some substance behind it and, and fit for it creates that substance by commitment and opportunities. They, they create opportunities for our employees to learn to be educated enough to understand that they are performing a, an incorrect lift or understanding that, you know, by by doing it this way, I'm putting myself at risk and it goes beyond inside these walls. They, they help them to understand that even, even a bad lift outside of these walls, put you, put you at risk and Mm -hmm. to come in, they, they, they put effort in what they do. And what I mean by that is they walk the floor with intent. They intend to know you. They intend to know who you are, what part of the warehouse you work in, and what do you do? What is, what's on your JSA, your job safety analysis? What is your job description? Tell me from start to finish what you do. And, and they take that opportunity to, to learn that employee, to understand, and, and they keep within communication on a weekly basis with this employee. So it's, it's not like a salesman coming into your place. Uh, they get a couple of forklifts delivered, sold to you, and then you never see them again. The, the relationship is, is ongoing and it, it's not just fit for work opportunities that they can bring into your building. It's, we care about your employees. We want to be here. We want to learn what you do and see how we can help them. Yeah. You know, l- listening to you, to you talk, I, I can't help but reflect on, you know, the, we, we talk here on this, on this podcast and we talk in every nook and cranny of our business in terms of communications and marketing. It's, is prevention, right? The power of prevention and being proactive and preempting. And I'm listening to you talk and, you know, you're, you're not just talking about what's happening on the floor and reacting to it. You know, you're talking about the hiring process yes. and the way, yeah, yeah. The, the way you <clears throat> are vetting potential employees and partners you're going to have. Um, so that's got a, a prevention bend to it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because it's, you're, you're being proactive and you're preempting <clears throat> problems by making sure you're hiring the right people by talking to them about the things that you and, and the company value and making sure you're aligned. And then you have, you know, your partnership with Fit for Work. I know you're working really hard to, yes, if something happens on the floor, let's take care of those people. But let's do what we can do now so that we never get to that spot. Yes. So talk to me a little bit about, you've done a great job of explaining maybe what you're going to talk about with a prospective employee that you may hire. But from a Fit for Work and and a, a Tyler perspective, prevention and preventing injuries from even happening in the first place. Tell me a little bit about how that has gone uh, with you and fit for work. Absolutely. So I am facility manager as well. So in, in, in that realm of what I do, there's preventative maintenance on motors, machines, conveyors to where it gets to where you can actually predict a breakdown. 
by number of revolutions, by number of uh, cycles that the strapper has has performed, the robot arm, uh, and, and these are just pieces of equipment here in our facility. But if you have a strong preventative um, program in place, individuals that manage that program professionally, but also they do it right and they take that information and they do something with it, then you have a successful beginning phase. And, and what I mean by that is <clears throat> when I said everybody deserves to go home in the same condition they came to work, I don't care if you've been here for one day in orientation or if you're a seasoned veteran of 20 years, you absolutely deserve that right. So with that family atmosphere and tone, everybody is going to be taken care of and everybody's going to be observed. Everybody's going to be heard, valued, appreciated, and taken care of. And PIFA work has stepped in with, with helping us develop a very, very strong preventative program. They're actually part of the orientation that we do from day one. They, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times I, I get that look cause you know, I do get long winded my orientation uh, and fifth work does go right after me. But from day one, they start educating, training by visuals, uh, verbal cues, um, verbiage that only our employees use here on the floor, which was pretty neat. They developed a playbook for our employees and, and, and you hear that verbiage being thrown around on the floor. And it's, you know, then that it made an impact that they understand, Hey, look, we're not just giving you a quiz to take to say that you acknowledge the material. These are lessons that will help you be successful, but help you be successful long-term here. And it doesn't stop with our warehouse employees, our, our transportation employees as well. Um, we had a gentleman, Nathan Byerly, who went out on route with our drivers and he put in so many hours that I thought he was actually going to get a CDL and become a driver himself with us. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he absolutely went headfirst into this and, and I've never seen a created uh, program step-by-step uh, -step, uh, overall safety engagement for our drivers that he put together. Th th this piece was amazing. And it has been the catalyst of what we use and our starting point for each and every driver that we hire. And, and uh, the processes that we put them through, um, it's kind of like strength training. You're not going to start off with max weight and, you know, never go light. I'm just going to go heavy. Uh, something's going to yeah. break eventually. And there's a process to getting strong. Same concept applies to our drivers. There's a process to being successful and to not injuring yourself. And it starts with when you first sign into that cab. Yep. Very cool. Let's uh, continue our conversation with Tyler uh, after this break, but we're going to take uh, a quick breather right now to learn more about Fit for Works suite of services. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. Do sprains and strains just keep happening at your business? You need an experienced partner. A fit-for-work on-site injury prevention specialist will work directly on the floor, in the field, out in the trucks, wherever your employees are, to prevent the injury from ever occurring. Our comprehensive focus on the three leading indicators to an injury, early soreness, ergonomics, and behaviors, will ensure that this program is very different than others and is much more than just a symptom and response process. 
Instead of delivering a solution that simply reacts, you will have the satisfaction of knowing that you have instilled a workplace injury prevention program that is constantly shifting your environment further and further upstream into the state of proactivity. Reach out to wellworkforce.com if you need more information. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast where we bring the power of prevention to you. It's Mike Wobshaw, Director of Marketing at Fit for Work, talking with Tyler. Tyler, there are a couple of things I wanted to get to here before we um, cut ourselves off because, I mean, you and I could probably keep going here for a long time, but we got to get some other <laughs> we got to get some other work done. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> recently on the podcast, I had a guest uh, and this guest is someone with whom you are quite familiar, and I know you're familiar with him because I've heard you talk about him. Mm-hmm. And his name is Forrest Richardson. Yes, sir. A colleague of mine here at Fit for Work and someone I know um, you have worked with also. And in talking to Forrest, I found um, yet another person who had good things to say about you. So uh, the admiration between you two is, is mutual. Tell me a little bit about Forrest and the way you guys have interacted and, and your experience uh, working together with Forrest and, and maybe the ways you've benefited your company by working with Forrest. Yes, sir. I'm so glad you brought him up. Forrest is one of my most favorite people in the world. He was actually, uh, when I started with this company uh, almost 10 years ago, uh, Forrest was the very first uh, employee from Fifth Work that I had the honor to meet. He is... He is a walking OSHA book. Yeah. Yeah. He can, he can cite, recall information that I, I don't know how he absorbs it all, but yeah, he, he's on the OSHA side and he has helped us with our policies and procedures. He has helped us really redo all of our procedures. Uh, he has provided training for our lockout tag out program um for our prevention programs uh he has really helped us dot the i's and cross the t's if we were to have an osha inspector walk in this is what they're going to look for and this is what you need to have and he has absolutely um rebuilt our policy program to reflect a successful audit and 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 visiting with him he's down to earth too. He, he's, he's a cool guy. He's, he's one of my buddies. Um, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll call each other up just to chat, see how, how he's doing. Uh, he's just a really neat guy, really neat individual. Fifth work is very fortunate to have him super, super knowledgeable, but passes that tribal knowledge down. He doesn't keep it. He, uh, he wants to share it and, and, he, uh, he has absolutely helped us from the ground up um, as far as an, an OSHA standpoint and, and regulations. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, whether it's, you know, you're working with, you know, Forrest or Shane or, or you know, whoever, uh, one thing I know that you're going to have your eye on, Tyler, and, you know, you mentioned you've been there for 10 years, and I know they hope you're there mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, another 30 because you're doing such a great job for them. But as, yeah, as, as you cast your gaze to the future, mm-hmm. I know you need to handle your business today and tomorrow, but I'm, I'm sure knowing you, I'm sure you've, you're kind of trying to foresee what's coming too. So talk to me a little bit about maybe 
your own thoughts, what you've had about the future for those who fulfill your type of role in your industry, um, you know, what, what you see as potential headwinds or challenges and what you think is tried and true and is always going to be there. I'd, I'd be really curious. And I know some of our listeners would be as well. What, you know, what's the future look like? No one could see COVID coming and I'm sure that impacted your business. So there, there's going to be things that we can't see, but you feel like you got a good handle on some things that you were like, you know what, we're going to have to get our, our arms around this before, before it gets here. Anything come to mind? Well, you, you bring up COVID and you know, that's kind of an example I was thinking about. And with COVID, I think everybody learned how lean they could operate or how lean they had to operate. Yeah. Um, with being a distribution company, uh, we were out on the roads, we were out in public. Um, our standard protocols were revamped, business continuity plans, revamped, contingency plans. Um, you, you really, you always talk about that a change could come. Are you prepared? Can you operate uh, in, in certain circumstances? Um, I see a lot of companies in the future, um, organizations, revamping their, their safety programs, their contingency plans, um, their overall operation of the facility. Um, as far as safety needs to be number one, because we didn't know about COVID. We knew nothing about it. And employees were craving information, anything that, that we could from the CDC, who, whoever the information came from, uh, from accredited source, we were every day communicating with our employees. And I really think moving forward, that's the change that a lot of companies need to consider is up-to-date information, communicating with your employees on a regular uh, and not just the same people. Um, your management team needs to be out there. Your, your employees need to know that what we're telling you, we believe and, and we support and, and we support mm -hmm. you guys and, and any questions or concerns you may have. Um, and that, you know, not just the safety program, but overall well-being of the employees. I, I really see companies moving towards um, open line communications, more, more huddle meetings, tailgate topics, getting together, uh, and especially during a, a crisis like that. I think it needs to be communicated. And, and I think, yeah, I think, yeah, no, keep going, Tyler. Yep. I think that appreciation uh, from the employee, it, they want to work for a facility that wants them to work and, and go home safe and, and, be current on all updates and truly understand and feel that we have their health and well-being at the forefront. We, we truly do care for you as an individual, not as an employee who can take 300 pieces per hour. We want you to go home because we know your family and, and we know who all will be affected if you didn't. Yeah, I think, I think you're totally right about that. And the, the period right after COVID, I, a, a total eye-opening sort of, not moment, but period for me is right after that. I just think that that experience that we all went through, and we all went through it in our own way and have our own feelings about it and how everyone reacted to it. But at the end of the day, I, I do think it created 
some sense of an awakening from labor, from folks who, you know, put their nose to the grindstone about, hey, you know what? There's more to life than what I do from eight to four or nine to five. And I deserve to be safe. I deserve to be taken <laughs> care of. I deserve, like, I, I just think anyone who maybe had lost that over time mm -hmm. probably regained that sense. And it's not to say that, you know, every employee deserves to know everything that's happening at every part of every company. It's, it's not that it's just more of a, on a human level, mm -hmm. you, you mentioned it, just communication, like communication. everyone's yeah. And how in-house, how, how are we being affected in-house, you know, and, and to your point that you said, and I, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Priorities did change. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, I want to make it home safe. Yeah. I know that what I do here from, from eight to five or, or whatever your time slot is, is important to provide. But my priority is to get home to my family. My priority is to see them another night. My priority is to keep them safe because what I learned here or what we were educated on today, I definitely will put that to use and put that to action when I get home, you know, so it's, it's life lessons. I, I think that we need to move towards, um, not necessarily, like you said, keeping everybody up to date every minute of the day, but things that affect you in, in your culture in house. I definitely think need to be communicated and shared because somebody may not have access to that information, but that information is greatly appreciated and you could have changed that person's perspective. Then they, they go home and they apply those values and, and that information you gave them. And those, those minor changes have huge impacts. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that's where our culture is headed. Um, it definitely brought us closer, you know, and, and, yeah. and like yeah. I said, wherever, wherever your stance was on it, um, that it, it was welcome, you know, it wasn't, well, I'm right. You're right. I'm right. You're right. It was, let's gather all the information and let's make a rational decision based off information provided, uh, from credible sources. We're going to keep you up to date on this. We're not going to, we're going to be transparent. We're not going to keep anybody in the dark. Um, if something major is going to change here at our facility, we're going to let you know, we're not going to blindside you with it. And that right there, that, that open line of communication went a long ways and, and it helped us as an operation to really be more mindful of each other, that things are not permanent, that you know, things can be lost, taken away or gained really basically overnight. So yeah. priorities and values changed the way that they uh, communicate with each other, uh, take care of each other, concern about each other. Uh, you really got to see if nothing else, COVID created a, a stronger unity with us and a, a stronger family atmosphere because we're second family to each other and, and we definitely don't want to see anything bad uh, happen to, to, to anybody here. And, and it really helped uh, everybody take care of each other. Yeah. You know, now that we're kind of talking about and thinking about last thing before we wrap this up, um, 
you know, I think another maybe lesson or takeaway from experiencing a two year, two and a half year, for maybe for some people, they were fortunate. It was 18 months where COVID really impacted business. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, it sort of um, highlighted the importance of or the reality that in business, at work, a lot of times you can't help but have to react. And as much as you try to prevent and uh, as much as you try to preempt, there is an element of, you know what, you got to react. And I think when you work as hard as you have, Tyler, you and, and your crew have, at the relationship with a, a partner like Fit for Work, and when hopefully uh, people real would agree that when Fit for Work works hard at their end of the relationship with someone with a partner like Tyler, and you do develop that synergy, you do develop that relationship, I, do, I think it, uh, it enables you to be nimble and to be reactive when something like COVID happens and it's like, you know what? I know we've been working together for six years and this is the way we do it, but this thing is happening and we got to change really fast. Don't you think that when you have that warm relationship and it's not cut and dry and cold that you're able then to be more nimble? I absolutely agree with that. And, and you know, some of that did happen and I'm sure it happened across the world, but you're absolutely right. Some circumstances you do have to react and hopefully you have a strong enough relationship and, and nucleus established that your reactions are the correct reactions. And yeah, there was no way to predict this or to prepare really. Cause we, we just didn't know. We didn't have all the information needed uh, or, you know, how quickly it would get here. So we did in a lot of cases react and, you know, the old saying calm minds prevail level heads prevail. Uh, that's what we had in place. And, and fit for work was right here, hand in hand with us. Uh, what can we do? Here's what we offer um, during this crisis. And th- there was no question. It was, yeah, absolutely. This is what we need to do. And it was, it was understood that it was, it may have been two separate companies, but it was two families working together in a quick response, a, you know, this is, we need to be super nimble, super quick, and we need to make a decision, but the right decisions were made. And, and mm-hmm. that's, that's the, that's the establishment that, that we have with uh, fit for work and, and what they created here is okay. Yeah. You know, you don't have this written down on paper as far as, procedures what what do you do in this this type of situation but we had individuals here that could make a rational thought in a quick amount of time and the reactions were were smart they were calculated and they were correct and you have to have everybody on the same team playing on in the same game and, and that's Fit for work, really, really. Um, I, I know I keep, you know, mentioning fit for work and, and how family like you are to us, but I, I can't oversell that. Um, it was really a, a union um, made over, strengthened, um, however you want to word it. Uh, they stepped in and, and we got the support we needed um, and the supplies needed 
um, to make that quick split second decision and it be the correct decision. Awesome. That's awesome to hear. Hey, you know, think about it. I mean, just, just think about it. Like what it was like on day one there for you, Tyler, or day, day one there, or maybe day one of your partnership with fit for work and think about what it's like now. I bet that has changed a lot, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, it absolutely has. I am lo- no longer the, the rookie on the floor. Um, and I, I believe uh, I have met everybody uh, in the Fit for Work family here in San Antonio. Um, there, it's absolutely changed, and it, it's it. I really can't put it into words or describe. Um, I, I, I'm not educated enough to, or sound smart enough to have a word to describe it. It's just a strength and bond that has grown over time. It's an understanding. It's kind of like um someone completing your sentences for you because they know your thought process and you know theirs they know what choice you would you would make what direction you want to go and they make that decision it's just kind of it's refreshing and it's never complacent yeah awesome to hear and i will tell you tyler uh i i know a lot of the same people you know at fit for work and that feeling is mutual they uh they really enjoy working with you and your crew and uh, I really uh, appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to join me on the Workplace Injury Prevention Podcast. So thank you. I'm going to let you go now. As much as I'd like to keep you here and talk to you, I'm going to let you go. Get back to work. All right. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> you betcha, brother. Talk to you soon. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you for listening to Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast. Please like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, to learn more about Fit for Work and our services, visit our website, wellworkforce.com. And remember, prevention improves lives.